How should you fund your next car? A very, very common question and most people are confused. Watch this video and I'll cover for you in detail the examples. And I'm also gonna share with you what I do. I'm gonna share one thing with you about electric cars, which is, might just change your view on which car to get. Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. Deciding on which way to fund your next car and which business structure to use is always an interesting conversation that I come across with people because it's quite complicated. Because one end, you're thinking, should I have a sole trader business, a partnership, an LLP, limited liability partnership, or a limited company? On the other side, you're thinking, do I claim mileage? Do I buy the car? Do I buy a brand new car or second-hand car? Do I lease it? Do I do contract hire? So it's a whole rigmarole of things that you need to be thinking about uh, before deciding which method to use to get your car. On top of that, then it's deciding how much you can afford. So let's kind of cover the real basics to give you a conceptual understanding of which way to go. Just so you know, I'm not gonna cover detailed tax benefits or costings or numbers per se, for this video, I want you to understand just the basic premise and the principle so you have a clear direction on where you ought to go. And if you want more detail, I can subsequently record another video for you where we go into detail where we choose a particular example of a car or a couple of cars and look at the tax implications for using different types of option purchases or ways of funding your car. So the first thing is your business structure. So as you know, you've got Four clear options, sole trader, partnership, limited liability partnership, or a limited company. And the one that you use will, to some extent, dictate the kind of tax you pay. So let me just cover the real basics for you. Let's say you've got a second-hand car that you own. You could use that for your business and charge 45 pence per mile for the first 10,000 miles in any one tax year. And you'll know quite well that a tax year starts on the 6th of April every year and ends on the 5th of April the following year. And every year on the 6th of April, this figure is reset to zero. So if in one tax year, you drive 10,000 miles, you claim 45 pence per mile, which gives you four and a half thousand pounds that you can claim in that year. If you go over 10,000 miles for business purposes, you get to claim at 25 pence per mile for any additional mile over the 10,000 miles. If you have a passenger with you, or like a fellow employee who you pick up and drop off, then there's an extra five pence per mile for you to claim too. So that works reasonably well, but you might not be too happy with your second-hand car. So you might be thinking, let me get a brand new car, or I'm thinking of getting a brand new car, what shall I do? Let me share an example with you before we go further. So. A year after having started my business, I went to a local BMW dealership and thought, let's have a look at some cars. And just 
basically to have a look. Walk in there, have a chat, cup of tea, couple of biscuits, and walk out having purchased a brand new BMW M3 for £52,500. The basic uh, starting price of the car was about £38,000. Uh, I'd added £14,500 worth of extras, and the salesman had done a fantastic job in terms of convincing me that I could afford to pay X amount per month for the car, plus I had to pay a deposit. Uh, now that was quite a few years ago, and I think I paid a £15,000 deposit, and then I was paying around about £800 per month for that particular car. You use that car for exactly 12 months. I think I did about 17,000 miles or thereabouts, might've been 15,000 miles, and I sold the car for 38,000 pounds. So I lost 14 and a half grand. So I basically sold it for the basic uh, price of the car when I was going to buy it. So I lost 14 and a half thousand pounds uh, on the car, which is the depreciation. Uh, plus obviously I'd paid the deposit of 15 grand plus the monthly payments that I'd paid towards the car. Some of those were paying off the loan. Most of that for the first year was interest. Uh, and that particular uh, experience taught me a lot. The first thing it taught me was never ever to buy a depreciating asset. Always somehow lease it. So since then, what I've been doing is using contract hire. Very simple terms. You find a company that offers you contract hire and you then agree on the type of car that you want to get. For our example here, let's just stick to a simple 3 Series BMW. You look around and decide, yep, I want this particular BMW. And then you have an option, how long do you want it for? Now, different leasing companies will offer you different periods. The shortest I've seen is six months. The longest I've seen is four years. Some might do five years. But I'm going to keep this example very easy and simple for you. Let's say it's three years. So how, how it usually works is you make a, you have a payment profile of three plus 23. So you make 23 monthly payments, whatever the figure might be. For our example here, let's say 300 pounds plus fat. But then for this particular profile, you also make three payments up front. So it's 300 times three, which is 900 pounds, plus VAT as the upfront payment, plus 23 payments of 300 pounds, plus VAT every single month. And you also pay like an admin fee or a contract fee, which is usually a couple of 100 pounds at the start. However, where it gets interesting is if you wanted to make the payment smaller, you can change the profile here and make this 6 plus 23. So because you're paying a bit more upfront, your monthly premium usually goes down by how much, the additional three months payments you've made on top of the uh, first three months payments that I've just shared with you. So now you're paying six as opposed to three. So the extra three knocks off the price here. So let's just say this might end up becoming 275 pounds or whatever the figure may work out to be, just to keep it really simple here. Or you could go nine plus 23, which means that might become 250 or something smaller because sometimes people are able to pay a bigger upfront fee and would rather reduce the monthly payment. On top of this, if you want to add extras with the sound system, leather seats, other bits and bats, that all gets added up over the period. Let's say you add 3,000 pounds worth of extras. 
they'll add that to your monthly price. So they'll do 3,000 pounds worth of extras divided by 24 months equals an extra X amount, whatever the X, X amount may be, that gets added to your price here. So you pay for those extras. At the end of the period, you give the car back, and this price usually is dictated on the number of miles you're gonna drive. So if you're going to drive, let's say, 10,000 miles per annum, so over two years, it's gonna be 20,000 miles, the price is 300 pounds per month, for example. If you're going to drive 15,000 miles per year, over two years, that's 30,000 pounds, 30,000 miles, this price might be 400 pounds a month, for example. So the more miles that you're going to drive, the more obviously the car is going to depreciate, the more you pay. At the end of the term, if you've driven the, the, the miles that you contracted to drive, you just give the car back, bar any damage. So if there's some real small damage, small scratches here, there, it's okay. Any kind of bigger damage, uh, you, you need to either get it fixed or you pay uh, when the car goes back. And the car usually goes back to auction. So they'll say to you, these are all the defects. And, and to fix the defects is 1,500 pounds, pays 1,500 pounds, and the car goes away. Simple as that. Uh, if you want, the, the road tax is included. MOT, obviously the car, because they're brand new cars, no need to do, do an MOT uh, for the first three years. And if you want to take out a maintenance package, including tires and servicing, then, then they, they, they'll give you an additional price. That usually is based on their own estimate of how many times you need to maintain the car in terms of uh, the service and change tires, etc., based on the number of miles you're doing. So they'll add that on the, on the price as a maintenance package, or you could say, I'll look after all that myself. So at the end, when they come in to, to take the car, they're gonna check to make sure you've serviced the car, and they'll check all the tires to make sure that they are legal. If they are, fine. If not, you need to change the tires. So then that's that. The, this cost you claim through your company because you don't own the asset, so it's not on your balance sheet. And the VAT element, if it's 100% business use, you claim all the VAT back. If it's got some personal use, you claim half the VAT back. So if it's 400 pounds plus VAT, the VAT element's 80 pounds, 100% business use, you claim all the 80 pounds back. If you're VAT registered, that is. Uh, if you're not VAT registered, obviously you don't claim back the VAT. Uh, if there's some personal use, you claim back 40% 40 pounds of the VAT, of the, which is 50% of the 80 pounds. The other 40% you can't claim back. Uh, the good thing is you're not responsible for the depreciation. The other good thing is, which I want to cover in some of these scenarios, is there's usually not a hefty deposit, especially if you go for a 3 plus 23. Think about it. Let's say a um, new BMW, a 3-series BMW, costs you £30,000, for example. Okay? Uh, and you're paying £900 plus VAT, plus a small admin fee of £200. So you're paying £1,100 plus the VAT on the £900 to jump into a £30,000 car. That's pretty much unheard of if in any other scenario. You're not going to be able to get a £30,000 car by paying a 3 plus 23 and £1,100. It's just not going to happen with any of the other options. So it really is a fantastic way to get cars. I do this all the time and it works really well. The, the thing you ought to be aware of is obviously if you go over the agreed mileage, at the start, they'll tell you how much they're going to charge you extra. So for example, they might say you need to pay eight pence per mile extra for every mile you do over the contracted mileage. So if the contracted mileage was say 20,000 over two years, 
you've done an additional 10,000 miles and you've driven 30,000 miles. So for the extra 10,000 miles at eight pence, you're going to have to pay 800 pounds to them at the end of the term, which still, if you think about it, isn't that bad. So contract hire works really well, as long as obviously you keep an eye on the mileage at the end, the car goes back, you're not worried about depreciation, you just find a new car. And there are some really cracking deals out there. I mean, really cracking deals. I'm not gonna run you through those deals, but if you look online, just type in contract hire and just look around for about 45 minutes to an hour on different websites, you will find some really, really good deals. And sometimes they have special offers on certain cars. So a particular supplier may uh, agree a contract, let's say with Mercedes, where they say, here you go, uh, they take a 50 or 100 S-Class Mercs from us in, the, in this particular year or this particular quarter, and we'll give you a good amount of discount. They pass on that discount or some of that discount to their customers, i.e. people like you and me, and put a special offer on that uh, Merc, and you, that could be a really good deal. I'll find some phenomenal deals, uh, which if you think about it, I mean, some of the cars I've been in, 80, 90, 100 grand cars, and I've paid 500 pounds plus VAT a month, and a three plus 23 profile usually, so I've, let's talk about an 80 grand car. I've done a three plus 23 profile, paying 500 pounds plus VAT per month. Upfront, I've paid 1,500 pounds plus VAT, plus the 200 pound uh, admin fee, let's call it 1,700 pounds in total, plus the VAT element, to get into an 80 grand car. I mean, that's phenomenal. And this is why I always use contract hire, I think it's a really good way to get cars. Now let's look at some other options in terms of getting cars. But before I do that, what I ought to tell you is, if this particular uh, deal, as in contract hire, is through your limited company, and you've got a personal use in the car, then you'll have to pay benefit in kind tax, which quite simply means, you, the HMRC have a particular way of, for you to work out how much tax is payable on the car. It's an additional list price plus the CO2 emissions. So the, the more of, the, of a gas guzzler your car, the more tax you're gonna have to pay. If this is done through a sole trader partnership or LLP, there's no company car tax to pay. Well, what happens is you work out how much you're using the car for personal purposes and you only claim back the business element. Let's work through a quick example. You're going to, the, cars will co the car will cost you 10,000 pounds per year and you're going to drive the car 75% business use, 25% personal use. And that's 10 grand all in. So because 25% is personal use, we put P for personal, you can only claim seven and a half thousand, which is the 75%. For business purposes, the other two and a half grand you can't claim because that's for personal element. You can't do that through a limited company. You've got to pay benefit in kind tax and that could be a huge amount so maybe a contract hire through a limited company might not be the best route, but if you've got a sole trader partnership or an LLP, then it's worth think thinking about. So that's something that you ought to bear in mind. So the next option is a sale and leaseback. Very simply here, you sell your car and then you lease it back through a leasing company uh, and there's no requirement for you to buy the car back. The big benefit here, of course, is that it frees up capital because when you sell the cars, you get cash coming in, you can use that cash to do whatever you like, you can invest it in your business or do something else. Uh, and because you don't own the asset, it removes all the depreciation, so you're not responsible for the loss of value uh, in a car. 
just to link this back to the previous example of contract hire, the beauty and the smart people who are getting a contract hire car, uh, like I shared with you when I bought the BMW M3, I paid a 15,000 pound deposit on a contract hire, you're only paying like, let's say on a three plus 23 profile, maybe a grand 1500 pounds as the three month profile. So in my example, you're saving the 15,000 pounds, invest that 15,000 pounds on the stock market, on cryptocurrency, possibly on a piece of art, uh, in some other shares or in property, which is what I prefer doing. And over two years, the value of property, depending where we are in the life cycle of property and the economy, over two years, let's say the property increases by four grand a year, okay? And again, I'm just, just, just an example, because I have no idea how much the property is gonna increase, because it depends on the area and demand and that type of stuff, and where we are in the economic life cycle. But let's just say it increases by four grand per year. If you look at my earlier example, you're paying 300 pounds for the three series BMW every month. If you've had registered and use the car 100% for company or business purposes, you get all the VAT back, you pay 300 pounds per month, times 12, you're paying 3,600. You spent that, or invested that 15 grand, if you had the 15 grand, using my earlier example, in a property, the property's gone up by uh, four grand, the cars cost you 3,600, so pretty much the increase or uplifting value of the property covers the car. So in a roundabout way, although you've not, you're not gonna sell the property, the increase in value covers the cost of the car. And if you sell the asset, you can obviously, there might be capital gains to pay on that asset, but it might be enough to cover the cost of the car to you. You're driving the car for free. The only difference is you're paying out, out for the car, so cash flow is going out. You might not sell the property, or so although the value or equity is in the property, you're still holding on to it. But in a roundabout way, at some point, you'll catch up if you ever sell that property or refinance it and free the, the cash flow. So you could, if you're smart enough and you do your numbers, based on where you're going to buy the property, how much is going to increase by, and creating cash flow in terms of rental income, fund your car and drive it pretty much for free. It might not be free on a month by month basis, but after three or four years, when you refinance or do the numbers, you could end up driving the car or a car for free. It doesn't get better than that, does it? So if you do a sale and lease back, then remember you don't own the asset, you're gonna to have to be careful on, on the mileage because if you own the car yourself, you can drive as many miles as you like because it's your car. The more you drive, the more it depreciates. With a lease back, there is limited mileage. So you need to be careful that you stay within that mileage. Uh, and this only applies to businesses that have an asset to sell to then lease back. Obviously, if you don't have a car to sell, you can't lease it back. So you just need to be aware of that. Your next option is a uh, contract purchase. Here you, enter into a contract, you take the car away, you agreed on how many miles you're going to drive the car. At the end of the period, let's say two years, you take the car back and say, I said I would do 20,000 miles over two years. I've done 20,000 miles. At that time, when you took the car out, you agreed a value for the car. So let's say you got the car and it was worth 30,000 pounds. And the dealership said to you, in two years time, if you drive 20,000 miles, the car's worth 20,000 pounds. At that time, if you've done 20,000 miles or less, you then pay 20,000 pounds to keep the car, or you pay nothing and you walk away. If, however, you go over the mileage, and let's say you've done 30,000 miles as opposed to 20,000 miles, at the end, when you get to year two, you can pay 20,000 pounds and buy the car, and it's yours. If, however, you think, I don't want the car anymore, and you want to walk away, 
You can't just walk away because the dealership will say to you, you've gone 10,000 miles over the agreed mileage. Therefore, the car isn't worth 20,000 pounds. The car is worth 15,000 pounds. So you can walk away, but you need to pay an extra 5,000 pounds to walk away. So take the car for 20 grand or walk away and pay the extra five grand. So you need to be aware of that and you need to know exactly how that works. If you use the car 100% for business purposes, the VAT that you pay on the contract purchase agreement, you can claim back and which works well if you're VAT registered. If you're not VAT registered, obviously that doesn't work well. The cost you can claim back uh, for corporation tax purposes. So that's going to work well for you. And obviously, if you're using the car for personal purposes, benefit in kind if it's through a limited company. And again, that depends on the type of car you have, the value and the CO2 emissions. Now, you might be thinking, well, uh, and by the way, there are other options for you as well in terms of you can do higher purchase, which is exactly what I did with my BMW M3 earlier example. Or you might have cash in the bank, 30 grand, you go to a BMW dealership and buy that three series we were talking about earlier. Okay, but why would you stick 30 grand in a car when you can invest 30 grand and turn that into 40, 50, 60,000 pounds and use some of those funds to purchase the car? Remember, rule number one, do not buy assets that depreciate lease them or in this particular example for the purpose of this video here is contract hire them so now if you have a limited company and you're thinking i don't really want to pay the benefit in kind tax because it's extortionate and it's expensive understandable a good route that you have and the government incentivizes you to do this is to go electric and let's say you wanted a tesla for example just uh, that just comes to mind and you get that this year for the tax year 2021 2022 which is where we are right now if you get a Tesla, the company car benefit charge is 1%. That is extremely low. Next year, 2022, 2023 tax year, it's 2%. So if you're thinking about going electric, good idea. The type of car you buy is up to you. If the car is fully electric, the tax rate is very, very low. The, depending on whether you go contract high or whether you do higher purchase, if you do higher purchase, you can even claim capital allowances on the car, which means you'll pay, you'll reduce the amount of tax you pay to the company. If you do contract higher, obviously you can give the car back at the end, but the, the benefit in kind tax is really low. If you go hybrid, then it's slightly higher than uh, fully electric, but nowhere as much as a diesel or a petrol car. So think about going electric, the advantages are good from a tax point of view. Now, I know for some people, the range isn't enough and charging points and all that kind of stuff. That's something that you need to kind of consider. But if you want a car and you want to keep it efficient, having an electric car is the best way to go forward. That's my first bit for you on company cars. Hopefully that gives you some direction just to make it very clear. I prefer contract hire. I've been doing contract hire since 2005 and I always get cars on contract hire because it works exceptionally well and the cash that I would tie up in buying a car or in paying for a large deposit I use that to invest somewhere and I try and make that money work for me which ends up paying for the car so in a roundabout way at the end of the year I drive a car or the car for free and you can do the same Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard.
You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.